I pity the fool, thus fool. Welcome to Things I Got Wrong, your general trivia podcast with a healthy dose of internet and media things. I'm Ryan Bott. I'm Rachel Miller. I'm Stuart Hopkins. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I went, I took a trip to North Carolina. Uh, so my wife and two kids uh, packed up the minivan and we headed out to Boone, North Carolina, which is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, I have never, it's super mountainy. I actually have some amazing pictures and videos of it that I will eventually post on Instagram. Uh, but it was, yeah, it was absolutely gorgeous. Um, the kids are great for the car ride, which is excellent. But it, yeah, I've never actually been in the car that long either. So for me, that was the longest trip of my life. And wow. uh, it sucks to sit in the car for over <laughs> 10 hours. Yeah. yeah. Dude, really- kudos to to you and your wife and the kids for handling handling the kids like that like that has to be the highlight of the trip it kind of it kind of was it was the most amazing part of it um there's not there is a boone airport but uh we passed raleigh probably it is uh the boone airport yeah yeah exactly so i mean no matter what you're renting a car and the boone airport is literally one you know quonset hut or whatever it would be uh right (laughs) for one airplane and so yeah, um, it was just easier to drive. It was much, much cheaper. Uh, we left at 2 in the morning to either go there or go home. And so the kids slept for like most of the trip anyways. So it was fine. Nice. Is Boone a very big, like, I know it's not a big town, but is there like a town in a city or were you like up in the mountains, like in a cabin uh, or something? Uh, we were up in a cabin in the mountains, but it, it has like a little bit of a town. It's more like one big road uh where there's a bunch of different stuff all over it you know and actual shopping centers and everything it stretches you know it stretches a a fair amount so like you end to end you'll go past pretty much everything but ultimately it was you know it was mostly you know a cabin in the mountains and you'd look out and you'd see other cabin lights on amongst the trees and stuff uh across mountain views and it was yeah absolutely gorgeous that sounds great yeah Oh, he's flying. Because before that, I'm yeah, I'm going to uh, flying into Pittsburgh, and then me and my dad are going to the uh, World Board Gaming Championships. Awesome! Which will be awesome. We're going to uh, an area called Seven Springs, and uh, I'm super excited because we're renting a car this time, and I'm going to spend some of my downtime driving through because it's basically on a ski resort. So there's a lot of forested like park area. So there's a couple different kind of national, not national parks, but a couple different um, really nice parks. And uh, we're about 40 minutes away, 30 minutes away from uh, Frank Lloyd Wright's Falling Water House. Whoa. Uh, so we're going to go tour that. And that's that's like a, a true bucket list item of mine. So uh, I'm, I'm really excited to do that. So me and my dad are going to go out there and tour that and then uh go play uh board games for a long time which will be pretty cool that's gonna be awesome take a lot of pictures of the house and stuff yeah for sure and then uh yeah and then i uh take the car back into pittsburgh and then i'm gonna fly to new york so guys while you guys have been going on vacation you guys are going on road trips and everything guess what i'm up to (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to work every day. <laughs> oh man. It it gets hard at the end, Stu. I I used to do that like when I was in college in Oklahoma. I'm from Colorado. I used to drive right. back during the breaks and it's ten, eleven hours and I used to drive that alone. Right, and exactly. It, like it gets super exhausting. 
Yeah. Yeah. You well, when your car got all the way up to 35 miles an hour, like t- <laughs> pedal to the that floor. Car so did it took its a while. Best. <laughs> it did its best. It got me through school. Okay. <laughs> it had a four cylinder engine. So when oh, you yeah. opened up the hood, it was like half empty. That's uh, that's the car I'm driving now too. We took the minivan, which is great. That thing was a beast. But yeah, I feel I feel you. <laughs> this minivan is the shit. I love it. <laughs> well, like no, you go from. I mean, we we got the minivan when we just had one kid too. But you, if you ever have a kid and regularly have to put them in and out of the car that is not a minivan that doesn't have the sliding side doors and all these like nice adjustable portions of it that like actually work properly it is a it is such a bitch and then when you finally get the minivan you're like oh my god like the, the amount of time saved on getting the kids in and out of the car and actually doing what you need to do to function in your lives justifies the cost of a minivan entirely Dude, talk about marketing. Like, no, Stu just sold I'm just, it. I'm, I'm telling you, like, if you ever have kids, like, fucking get the minivan. There ain't no shame in it. And those things <laughs> will haul ass. It is awesome. <laughs> get a minivan. When you Astro minivan. And then just cue this whole last five minutes of Stu talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. The there combo go. dust is everywhere. <laughs> It's in my raccoon wounds. <laughs> oh yeah, these are disgusting. <laughs> I I feel like the, Mark everyone has traditions trips. that they hate. Traditions don't make things good. They know. Also, combos.com is genuinely a gem. In the footer, the entire half of the footer is just a big header that says, "This is a marketing site." Oh my if you're under God. the age of 13, always get permission from a parent or guardian before you submit any information about yourself online. <laughs> <laughs> let's yeah, do let's... trivia. Let's get to the very 24th episode ever, which is a, uh, a round robin game. Always a fun time. And uh, if you guys are all ready, we will start with Stu. Thank you. Uh, so my round is going to be fictional drinks from books, movies, TV shows, or video yes! games. Yes! Uh, this one is a little bit different. It actually, my topic was something else entirely, uh, which I'm still going to try and make work, but this kind of spun off from there, and I couldn't help but make this a thing. Just liquids that you ingest, though alcoholic drinks are included amongst them. Um, Alrighty, uh, so I'm going to either give a description of the drink, uh, some hints at whatever the media it's from is. Uh, sorry, I'm double checking. Um, I might also name the drink and then have you guess what the media mm. is specifically as well. So make sure you listen to the question. Question number one. Described as having a slick, oily smell and tasting like nitric acid, Victory Gin is a fictional drink in what book? Oh, oh, I know this. Ryan? Ryan. Mm, Brave New World? Not quite, no. It is 1984. (sighs) That was my first thought. I talked myself out of it. (laughs) Ah, yeah, I guess I did. (laughs) 1984 was my first thought, and I was like, ah, let me think about it for a second. Yeah. Always trust your gut. You always should, because that gets me every time. <laughs> and question number two. Alamo beer is the state beverage of, of choice. Oh, right. Uh, You're right. It yeah. is King of the Hill. 
Nice. Uh, and it's often enjoyed by four neighbors standing around outside of a fence. Well, it was like, it was where all the trash bins were and stuff. Like, so it was, it, I mean, it might've been like the city street to where everybody like, you know, puts out their trash and like the garbage cans. Like, I, I don't thought know, it maybe was that's like, how they get to their garage. I thought it was like the picket fence between the houses, like from the garage out. Cause like, th- that makes more sense. Like there aren't really alleyways like in the South right. as much. Right. Yeah. You have like land in between each house. So like sometimes you'll see a picket fence on that dividing property line, like all the way out to the sidewalk or something like that. Interesting. Huh? Yeah. I guess that makes sense. I never, I never knew. I know that there was an episode where they actually did show it like the camera panned essentially, um, you know, like between it. And mm. I remember seeing it, but then not remembering what the actual layout was. Yeah, that definitely always confused me, though. <laughs> Just for sure. people who... Awesome. Yeah, King of the Hill is underrated. Yeah, it definitely is. I, I still haven't really gotten into it, but I know, I know that it's fantastic. I just haven't, haven't taken the time yet. Cool. And we're on to question number three. Dry, light, and dark are all versions of Duff Beer, which is from what... Ro- Rachel! This is, oh. I, hey, it's... it's it's fictional beverages i wasn't sure um i was debating on i i was debating on doing fud beer uh which is the rival company uh but i felt like that might be just a touch uh i was hoping that maybe ryan would be quicker on the draw because i knew he was going to get other ones question number four what cola beverage is drank throughout the entire series of futurama oh slurm crap i know all these i'm just too slow i know i know i had i had slurge in my head and then you said cola and i started thinking something different right i I thought of slurm as like more of a like a mountain dew or like a surge or something like that i mean it's making fun of surge right yeah take that encyclopedia britannica (laughs) fandom give encyclopedia britannica a break and we'll move on to question number five. Nuka-Cola is the popular soft drink in what video game series? Ryan. Ryan. Th- I didn't want to say it because this is the one I was thinking of. It's Fallout. <laughs> it's Fallout, yes. <laughs> Sorry. When, when I got on Slurm, you said cola. I started thinking Nuka-Cola. And I was like, I think that's different. Yeah, a whole different thing. Um, which, you know, obviously the, the bottle caps of Nuka-Cola naturally would be used as the currency <laughs> within the game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is the next hint. Yeah, interesting one. Two points to Ryan. And on to the last question of the round. Gilly water and fire whiskey are drinks in what Ryan. fictional Rachel. universe? I heard Ryan first. Uh, Harry Potter? Harry Potter. And I'm surprised. Yeah. See, butterbeer is so easy, though. And you so that's start why with I was the like, obscure ones. Right, start with the obscure one. And then I went on to the next, next hint was butterbeer and pumpkin juice. So, wow, uh, everybody answered something for that round uh or at least all the questions were answered for that round all right uh round number two is rachel's okay guys so in coming up with this round i was thinking about all the vacations that you guys get to go on and i was trying to figure out a way that i could enjoy my time too so specifically i thought back and decided to live through my memories of my vacations as a child and traveling through from national park to national park. <laughs> hey, 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 let me finish. Let me talk. Let me finish. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> so my round is about <laughs> national parks. Ooh. Cool. So here's, this, here's how this is going to work. 
I'm going to name one of the most popular attractions or defining features of a national park. You're going to tell me which park it is. Each question is worth two points. If you do not get it after the first hint, I can give you one more hint. And, you'll, and if you get it, then you'll get one point. Um, like the it. second hint might be something like proximity to a big city or climate of the park. You guys ready? Ready. ready. Sounds good. Question number one. The longest glacier in this park is named Kahiltna Glacier. Can you say the name of the glacier again? Kahiltna. K-A-H-I-L-T-N-A. Kahiltna. These are all within uh, the United States, right? All of this is within the United States. I know national, but I don't know. It could be a different, <laughs> different country's <laughs> national park. No, I don't know international <laughs> parks, so I didn't go there. Okay, perfect. Would you guys like hint number two? Yeah. Yes, please. The park is centered on and named for a mountain that was also renamed by white settlers. This mountain was restored to its original indigenous name on August 30th, 2015. Stu. Ryan. By direction of then-President Barack Obama. Go ahead, Stu. Oh. <laughs> uh, Yosemite? No. Is it Ryan? Go ahead. Is this McKinley? What's its other name? Cahiltatan? <laughs> okay, Ryan, I will give you one because you, you knew know what you're talking about. This is Denali. <laughs> That's what you think. Oh, Denali. That's right. He can vaguely draw it. <laughs> it looks kind of like a mountain. Yes. This one was one of the more <laughs> obscure ones. God, I knew Denali. That was, that was more obvious. Okay, question number two. This park is home to one of the world's largest petrified forests created by the geothermal activity in the area. Petrified forest. This park is home to one of the world's largest petrified forests created by the geothermal activity in the area. Oh, still. Go ahead, still. Yellowstone? Yes. Sweet. Oh. Yep. <laughs> Super volcanoes. I had to pick hints that could lead you to it without saying, this is where Old Faithful is. Right, right. right. <laughs> That's what I was waiting on. <laughs> Sorry, not that easy. There, there's also one down there. There's a bunch of petrified forest areas in the southwest. There's also one up north. And, and I know that actually, Mark, not because I've been to Joshua Tree. Um, not from going to Joshua Tree, but you could see it on your way driving to Phoenix. Cool. And there's a bunch down there. I would be petrified, too, under the Arizona sun. <laughs> You, you can see yourself out <laughs> for that pun. <laughs> okay, question number three. This largest park east of the Mississippi was created not to protect geographic features like most national parks, but a very fragile ecosystem for which it is known. Any guesses? Um, Ryan. Go ahead, Ryan. The Everglades? That is correct. Nice. So well what, I, what I did here is I went ahead and I picked some really, actually, I'll tell you at the end, because <laughs> this one might be the hardest one. This is kind of one you know exists or you don't know exists at all. So, but it's a fun one and I really enjoy it. Located in the San Luis Valley at the base of the Sangre de Cristo Mountains, this national park has the largest land feature in, the, in North America for which it is named. Ryan? Go ahead, Ryan. Uh, Grand Canyon National Park? No. <laughs> I will give you the second hint. It is locating, located in south central Colorado. Ryan, you've been there. I have two, yeah, I have two guesses. 
Tell tell me one of them. I'll, <laughs> I'll try it first, and then you can do the other one. Can you repeat the first part again? Located in the San Luis Valley at the base of the Sangre de Cristo Mountains, this national park has the largest land feature in North America for which it is named. Uh, I mean, I have two guesses, but I can go if nobody else goes. Go ahead, Ryan. Uh, Garden of the Gods? No, not a national park. I have three guesses. Go ahead. <laughs> you can go ahead, Ryan, but it is for no credit at this point. Uh, the Great Sand Dunes? Yes. Oh. Uh, they're, they're, for what's their notes? So the biggest sand dunes in North America are actually located there of all oh, places. Okay. So there's this big fertile valley and then this massive thing of sand dunes right at the base of the mountains. It's really weird and kind of surreal. Cool. All I remember yes. from the sand dunes is I went as a kid and I was convinced I was going to climb the sand, basically the giant sand mountain all the way to the top. And what you don't know is that you don't just incline up. You go down really far, up really far, down really far, up a little bit higher really far, down really far, up really hard. And after a couple of those, I was like, I'm not going to get to the top. <laughs> and that's capitalism. <laughs> that's your mid-20s. I'm not going to get yeah, that that's far. Your, yeah, that's your mid-20s. That's damn right. Okay. Question number five. John Muir lobbied intensively to create this national park, which was designated after a camping trip with Teddy Roosevelt in 1903. And the second clue is the most famous part of this park is known as El Capitan. Yeah, um, we know that. That's, we know that from Max. No. I haven't seen, I've heard of it. Have you seen Apple Keynotes where Craig <laughs> Federighi makes a bunch of dad puns before coming up with the Mac OS name? <laughs> Hey, you guys ready? Ready? Yeah. Question number six. Encompassing over 429,000 acres, this park is known for and characterized by its tree-like plant. Ryan? Go ahead, Ryan. Um, Zion? Not Zion. Okay. The second clue is, this is located in the Mojave Desert east of Los Angeles. Ryan, go ahead. This may be way more off base, but uh, Death Valley? It is not Death Valley. I got nothing. Okay, this is oh, wait, Joshua wait, 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 Tree. Wait, wait, wait. I was going to say it's Joshua Tree. Never I'm mind. sorry, Stu. <laughs> Just a second too no, late. This fine. is Joshua Tree. So it's actually like a yucca relative, if you guys know what yucca plants are. Yeah, gross. It's a yucca, it's a yucca relative, so it grows up to look like a tree, but they're not actually trees. Weird. They are plants. <laughs> like, you two wild. lied to you, man. Bono lied to you. Wikipedia told me a few days ago that they weren't plants. What does the Encyclopedia Britannica tell I, you? I didn't look at Encyclopedia Britannica. <laughs> I only looked at Wikipedia Britannica. <laughs> so my goal in this one was to take some of the most famous ones in the country and pull a fact that's kind of obscure, but actually not too obscure from them. Yeah. It's to make you really dig, because everyone knows these ones, but makes you kind of dig a little deeper into the national parks. I'm going to admit, I only knew two out of the six. When I was little, we did only road trips. And like, I distinctly remember one, re well, we actually flew one way to San Francisco at Christmas. And then going back, we drove all the way back to Colorado. And what we did was we hopped from National Park to National Park. Cool. That was my Because it was <laughs> the postcard. <laughs> Dude, I would love to do like a really long extended road trip slash camp and a bunch of stuff down like california yosemite to the uh, grand canyon like all sorts of stuff like that 
But you hate being in the car for extended amounts of time. I hate being in traffic for any amount of time. But you don't like being in the car. It's okay. When we drove back from Colorado through the western slope there, that was beautiful. That was a very fun drive. So it just has to be relaxing. Maybe I'll van, I'm going to van life it. I'll just spend like three weeks out in the van. Get that sweet ad revenue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just all over Instagram. Dude, minivans are awesome. They're so easy to get people in and out of them. <laughs> there it is. But you know what? The rest of us will only hear about it from Ryan's Instagram. Yeah. There you go. That I never We'll be like, wait, to. there's ad revenue? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Roads I Got Wrong, where I'm totally lost at this point. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that is uh, halftime. Nice job, Rachel. (laughs) I mean, we can choose not to blurt out answers. That's true. Rachel, you say this not knowing what this next round is going to be. I swear. Uh, This is my round, and uh, I'm going to take a page right out of Rachel's book. Uh, Much like Stu, I had a different round in mind, and as I was doing it, a different one came up that I had to take advantage of. Uh, This will be famous trademarked phrases. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, I will give you uh, six different uh, phrases that everybody knows. Uh, I'll give you a little bit of a backstory on it. You just have to give me what the phrase is. Uh, there's a little bit of claim. So all of these have been uh, trademarked uh, very famously. Um, and I'll give you a little bit of backstory on that. But uh, you'll definitely get the uh, phrase from its medium more than the fact that it was trademarked. Question. So, yes. These are all um, phrase marks, not single word marks or design marks. Nerd. Okay. Well, okay. There, there are different classes and categories. I just need to know if I'm looking for multiple words. It right. it could be. A, I think they're a combination of multiple different types. Okay. All right. So, question number one: uh, Registered in 2007, this trademark was filed for its iconic line in its 1991 sequel. Uh, the Spanish language seems not to be lost on this time traveling autonomous humanoid robot. I could say this time-traveling autonomous humanoid killer robot. Oh, is it... Um, can I tell you what it's from? Uh, I knew the phrase. Oh. Hasta la vista, baby. I knew what it was from. I could tell you it was from Terminator. But. Yes, from uh, the Terminator 2. And uh, apparently, this I did look up the... Uh, I forget the name of it. It was Tradio Wiki? It's a trademark wiki, so you know, take that encyclopedia. Trademarkia. <laughs> Trademarkia. Uh, apparently, this one is now labeled 602, abandoned, failure to respond, or late response. So I don't believe this yeah. is it any longer. You don't just get to keep it forever without maintenance. Question number two. Registered in 2016, this trademark lets its chef add a little oomph by slapping an exclamation point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, this trademark lets its chef add a little extra oomph by slapping on an exclamation point to this phrase when adding spices or for selling utensils. Question number three. This sound mark, so sound and audible sound mark, uh, made famous in which movie franchise? So I need the movie franchise based on its books. Uh, is a four-note signal described by the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. Wow, I know what it is. <laughs> That's it. 
I think Stu and I should share those points because we both knew it. Absolutely. What's the answer? Yes, The Hunger Games would be the book. Uh, Yeah, described (laughs) by the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office as a human whistling a G4 eighth note, followed by a B flat fourth eighth note, followed by an A4 eighth note, followed by a D4 half note in the key of G minor. Just in case you were wondering. You guys forgot how you're splitting that up, but... I think Stu and I should split it because we both knew it. Uh, Yeah, that was the Mockingjay Whistle, which is a sound mark uh, based on the Hunger Games franchise. Uh, Question number four. This catchphrase took off the world around in the 1980s, but it was trademarked in 1992. Uh, This person, who is most notably uh, associated with the phrase, is said to earn as much as $5 million for announcing these five words at major events. Rachel. Yes. So be Michael Buffers, let's get ready to rumble. Five million dollars for saying that at giant at major fights. Question number five. Filed in nineteen ninety-four as the movie was released, this trademark raised much controversy uh, with locals citing uh, it's a common phrase we use every other day. No company can own it, and uh, some words form part of our heritage and ought to be protected where possible. What year? Stu. Uh, Stu? Hakuna Matata? Yes. So it'd be Hakuna Matata. Yeah. Uh, 1994, as Disney uh, trademarked it to use Sweet. for, uh, to protect for merchandise and other things. Not a good thing. It means more worries. <laughs> it also means don't ever go against Disney. Yeah. Because that mouse is tough. Yep. Uh, question number six, the last question in the game. Uh, filed in 2011, Lawrence Truro's iconic saying captured 80s nostalgia, even though the phrase didn't actually come from the TV show we all think we know it from. In fact, the phrase was born when Stallone wrote this iconic character into Rocky III as the main villain. There's a lot there, I'll read it again. Filed in 2011, Lawrence Truro's iconic saying captured 80s nostalgia, even though the phrase didn't actually come from the TV show we all think we know it from. In fact, this phrase was born when Stallone wrote this iconic character into Rocky III as the main villain. Stew? Stew. Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee? No. Lawrence Truro. 80s nostalgia TV. Uh, this was written in... Uh, I guess I could maybe better say uh, the iconic actor portraying this character uh, into Rocky III as the main villain. Uh, I forget the name of Rocky three. I forget the actual name of the main villain, but played by Lawrence Truro, uh, who you might know as Mr. T capturing eighties nostalgia. This would be, I pity the fool. I definitely thought that was an older phrase than eighties. B.A. Baracus. I definitely thought that was like borrowed from something like Shakespeare. (laughs) I pity the fool. Thus fool. (laughs) (laughs) Take it that, Encyclopedia Britannica. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that is the end of the game. Oh, so close. But yeah, quite a a strange game. All right, that is the end of the game. All right, each episode, a couple of us give a movie, game experience, or something cool like that that we recommend uh, you can check out. Uh, Stu, you have a pick. I do, yes, and mine is a video game. Uh, mine is called Slay the Spire. 
which Ooh, is a video yeah. game available on Steam and as of recently Switch, which is what I've been playing it on. And I haven't closed out of that application or closed out of that game for like a week and a half now. Uh, it is fantastic. So it is a roguelike um, or roguelite. Uh, I don't know which one this would be classified as uh, card or deck building game. Uh, so you choose your hero um, and then you basically have to go through a dungeon crawl with miscellaneous events um, or monster battles or rest stops uh, that is randomly generated each time. And uh, you have a deck of cards that will basically do your attacks, defense, and a pool of mana or energy in order to actually play out those card combinations. It is highly addictive and very rewarding, um, though it's also difficult because uh, I haven't beaten it yet <laughs> and i've come so close so many times and i just can't quite make it through um it is a fantastic game it's something that you know visually it's not the prettiest thing but it definitely gets the job done but it's the mechanics that if you're remotely interested in a deck building game or a really good dungeon crawler roguelike uh you need to check this out nice yeah this, this is like one of, of the most Thanks. Yeah, this is one of the highest rated games I've seen in a long time. And I only I've only briefly played it. I've been dying to play it again, so I'm I'm really excited you brought it up cuz uh I I want to dive into it. And I'm probably going to pick it up on Switch. Yeah, um, definitely pick it up on Switch cuz that's the yeah. way, that's the way to play. How would you explain how this gets into like the um like the roguelike? Maybe kind of like explain yeah. the roguelike. Absolutely. So um so each time you start up, it's uh you know, your adventure is pretty much randomly generated. Uh, and when you die, you start a new adventure. That's it. Uh, you lose everything you have, and then you go back to square one. You choose a different hero or the same one, and then you do it again. Um, also, there's artifacts, potions, uh, shops. Uh, so when you battle, you actually get gold and random encounters that occur throughout the entire adventure, and you actually get to choose your path too. So you have a little bit of say in it, knowing that, hey, your next battle could either be a random event or a battle. Um, and with those things, they all have different effects on both your character, your total HP, the amount of energy you have, uh, the combat, uh, statistics and, um, uh, like modifiers essentially, as well as the deck itself, um, and pretty much everything. Right. Um, and so you're able to like upgrade cards you're able to be cursed when you gain a certain artifact, uh, which then you can find a way to remove it later. There's all sorts of things to this game. Uh, it, it's not, it's deep, but it's not overly complex. Uh, so it's actually very fun and quick to pick up. But once you spend some time with it, you'll realize uh, the exact combinations that you want to start pursuing and getting the runs that make you feel like a god uh, <laughs> until you get struck down by a boss, which is also pretty awesome. That sounds great. Thanks. Yeah, it's uh yeah, I'm I'm dying to pick this one up again. Uh yeah. I think I will very soon. So that's awesome. Uh Thanks, Slay yeah. the Spire. And yeah, I, I see it's on uh Nintendo Switch just recently, uh PC, it's on Steam, uh Mac as well, and uh PS4. So game totally on awesome. Mac. I know. <laughs> awesome. And if uh, you're listening and you have a pick you think other listeners would enjoy, uh, send it to us at thingsthatgotwrong at gmail.com and we'll uh, talk about it in the show. Uh, you can also check out the website thingsthatgotwrong.com for past episodes, show notes, and more. And you can check out the Instagram uh, at thingsthatgotwrong. The uh, next episode will be on uh, August 15th, so stay tuned for that. And uh, until next time, we'll see you all later.